Welcome to Whitburn Pentecostal Church this morning. Great to see you. Glad that you're here. Probably most of you will have had to bring your boat to get through the rain today. Um, But yeah, we're here. It's good to be in God's house. Welcome. If you're visiting with us, welcome today. Uh, Welcome to all those who are joining online today. Glad that you're with us. And uh, welcome to the young, to the old, to the in-betweens, wherever you see yourself. Um, Yeah, I could say a few things about that, our perceptions of ourselves. It's quite interesting. But we're here today. We're here to worship God. We're here to give Him praise and honor and glory and thanksgiving. And uh, there was just a little verse that I wanted to share. I don't know how... I don't know how you've come to church this morning. I don't know what's going on in everybody's lives as you've come to church this morning. Sometimes we can come just uh, carrying things, and I'm, I'm going to talk about that in just a little while. But Psalm 30, uh, 43, sorry, verse 5 says this, Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? I don't know if you can identify with those words. There are times where we are downcast. There are times where there are things going on in our soul, in our heart, and we just kind of feel that uh, turmoil, as even, even as we come to our prayer times, whenever you do that. And when we come to church, we can feel that, that turmoil in our hearts as we're coming to worship God. But this is what it says as we read the rest of that verse. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. He is our God. He is our Savior. He is the one who enables us to be here. He is the one who puts a new song in our hearts. He is the one that brings that praise out. He draws it out of us. And today as we as we sing, as we praise, my prayer is that God just draws that out of us today and that we experience the presence of God. The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. How many times have I said that? Countless times. God inhabits the praises of his people and he wants to come and meet with us today. And so I just ask that as we begin to come together to worship, that we begin to focus on him and that we have an expectation in our hearts that we're going to meet with the King of Kings today, our Savior and our God. So let's stand if you're able. We're going to pray and we're going to just worship God this morning. Father, this is, this is a holy thing that we do today. And so, Father, we come to you with reverence, with respect, and a a sense of the awesomeness of God today. Father, a sense of your awesomeness. And, and Lord, we, we just want to come into your presence. We want to experience your presence today. Father, we want to live in your presence today and every day. Father, we want to know your presence. And we ask that you would demonstrate your presence in this place today. Father, we pray that you would speak and that you would minister and that you... Father, even as we worship and as you come and live in our praise, that we would experience your presence in our praise this morning. Father, whether we're in the building here or whether we're joining online, Father, we pray that we would experience your presence and that you would be just glorified and lifted in our praise this morning. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen.
in tongues shared into the service there and I just feel that the interpretation of that message and really it's just a picture I guess of somebody in a valley and what they're looking up to is a dam I don't know if you can see that picture in your mind as you as you think about that I don't know if you've ever been in a valley and you've looked up at one of these big massive dams, one of these hydroelectric schemes and it's just, you look at that picture and it's uh, it, it seems like a, a thing that is an obstacle an obstacle from uh, it's just what's stored behind it you know, you get that picture of the dam what's stored behind it is this, this massive body of water and, and I feel that the interpretation to this maybe is that, that the body of water is the blessing of God and, uh, and, and where you are you need to be in a you're just desiring after the blessing of God but there just seems to be this barrier it's something that's holding that blessing back and uh, I, I just feel that the Lord is encouraging us to pray to pray into that that the, the, the gate at the bottom of the dam has opened up I don't think it would do us a lot of good at this point in time if the dam wall was broken and it all came tumbling out at once. I don't think we'd be able to cope with that. But I think what we should pray for today is that there's an opening up of the gate. There's always a gate at the bottom of the dam that lets the water flow through. And uh, we need to pray that that gate is opened up and that it's opened up at the right pace, that the water begins to flow out and that we begin to experience the refreshing that God wants to bring in this congregation. And Father, we just ask that you would open up that gate. And Father, that you would allow your spirit to flow out. 
Father, we, we know we know we need it. Father, many people in this congregation need a breakthrough from you. And Father, we pray that there'd be that touch that would come from heaven as you open up the gate. Father, the gate of your blessing, the gate of your Holy Spirit. We sang that song, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh in me. And Father, we pray that you'd come by your Spirit and that you'd begin to water. Father, that you'd begin to allow the, the river of life to flow into the valley. Father, for some of us, it's been a valley of despair. Father, for some of us, it's been a valley of poverty. Father, for some of us, it's been a valley of grief. Father, a valley of loss, a valley of loneliness. And Father, we pray that your river would begin to flow out. Father, all the resources in heaven are yours. And Father, they're at your command. And Lord, we just pray that you'd release those resources. Release it into the church. Father, we pray, release it. Let the river flow into the life of this church, into every heart, every home, every family. Father, every congregation, and not just ours, Father, other congregations around us. Father, that the life of God would flow. Father, not just for our benefit, but Father, for this community and the communities that surround this community. Lord, this is a hub town for lots of smaller villages around. And Father, we pray that the river of life would begin to flow out, Father, through your church into the community because our community is dry. It's like a barren desert. And Father, we pray that the life of God would flow out into the community. And so, Lord, we just, we just ask these things in Jesus' name. We come because, Father, we believe that this is your will. We believe that we're praying in accordance with your will. Father, help us not to become overwhelmed as we look at the dam, as we look at the, the thing which is maybe holding back blessing. But, Father, to press into you for all that you have for us. Lord, we pray, open up that, open up that gate and allow the river to flow. In Jesus' name we ask. In Jesus' name. Father, we just pray. We pray over this congregation. And, Lord, there are many needs in this congregation. And, Lord, we pray that you begin to meet those needs. And, Father, as we look at our world, the world that we're living in just now, Father, we pray for our leaders because they need incredible wisdom. And so, Lord, we pray that you give them great wisdom. Lord, we pray that you'd incline their hearts towards you, that you would soften their heart towards the things that you would want to place in it. And, Father, as our world faces all sorts of challenges just now, we think of the situation in the Ukraine. And, Lord, we pray even, even now, Father, that there'd be an intervention. And, Father, that you would stop things from escalating there. And Lord, that you would come and demonstrate your power. Demonstrate your power in our world, Father. We are, we're just looking for you. We're hungry for you. We're thirsty for you. And so, Father, we pray, come and demonstrate your power. Lord, upon every, every need that is represented in this church today, Father, we pray that you would come and demonstrate your power, Father. Demonstrate your power. Lord, our, our need is your opportunity. And so, Father, we come before you today and we ask that you move amongst us in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated if you're not seated already. Good to be in God's house. And welcome once again to everyone. And if you've been a little bit late in arriving today, whether in, the per in person or online, we welcome you. Great to have everyone in church today. And you're, you're here for a purpose today. Um, I'm just excited about today. Just give me a little second. Yeah, I just want to share uh, a, a few thoughts today as we open up. Just a, a message I feel God has laid on my heart for the church today. And uh, it's entitled, Burdens We're Not Meant to Carry. So I'm going to come to that in just a little second. I am going to do uh, my usual photograph malarkey, say Gorgonzola. Or whatever kind of cheese you like. 
Just make sure I've got a good day in there, did I? Yes, I did. <sighs> yeah. Just a reminder uh, that we'll be praying on Wednesday night at 6.30, at 7.30 on Zoom. Um, the Monday prayer meeting will be off this week as uh, Monday and Tuesday are a holiday. Uh, Monday and Tuesday, and I'll be taking Monday and Tuesday off as well. So, um, just looking forward to a little bit of a break. Two weeks' time, we'll have a guest speaker with us, uh, Zach Payne. And uh, I'm looking forward to what Zach comes and shares with us. He'll tell us a bit about Convoy of Hope and the work that they're doing across the world, um, but also hopefully bring uh, a word of encouragement for us as a church as well. Now, I, I want to do something a little bit different today, if that's okay. I want you, well, maybe it's not all that different, but anyway, let's see how, where we go with this. I need you to use your imagination just for a little second. Imagination is a powerful thing. Do you know, sometimes the things that we imagine in our heads can actually affect our bodies in a very real way. <laughs> it's a strange thing. But I want you to imagine today that as you come to church and as you walk through the door, and if you're online, you've not come in person, so maybe imagine it's, it's the living room door or wherever you are today. You've walked through the door and you've come through a scanner. You know the types of things that I'm talking about? The, the, the scanner you get at the airport let me just find my clicker and I'll put up a picture and I'll help you to imagine here, okay? Who's ever been at Heathrow and gone through all the scanners? How much of a pain in the neck is that, eh? Um, I actually used to have, well, I still have this big wax cotton jacket with the big canepolets on the top. And uh, I used to travel up and down quite a lot when I worked for Christian Youth Organization. Um, and I used to wear this jacket intentionally so that they would stop, stop me as I was going through the scanner, <laughs> just for a laugh. So, because I thought they're always going to stop me if I wear that thing. There's too many places to hide things. But imagine, imagine you're going through the scanner, and instead of picking up kind of like metal objects that are around you, the scanner analyzes what's going on in your life, okay? And as you pass through that, it prints off a report and at the start of the service, the steward or whoever's on duty comes up and brings the report and puts it on the lectern so that the pastor, as he's standing up to deliver the message, can see all the things that are happening in the lives of the congregation. There's a scary thought, eh? <laughs> imagine, imagine what that would be like. And I wonder what that report would look like. Now, bear in mind this is fictitious, Okay. I'm asking you to use your imagination, but, but think about some of the things that might come up in the report as people have come through the scanner into church. This is totally fictitious, okay? <laughs> this, is, this is imaginationary world, okay? I've just made up a word as well. <laughs> 25% of the people who came through the scanner are struggling with fear. Fear of sickness, fear of old age, fear of death. Some are afraid of being found out. Some are afraid of fading out. And there are any number of things that we can be afraid of. Some people have phobias, like there's a spider in the bath. And you're afraid of the spider in the bath. But it's a momentary fear that once the spider's gone, because you ask somebody else to shift it for you, because you're too scared to touch it, the fear goes. And hey, presto, you're all back to normal again. But there are fears which can begin to dominate our lives Fears that get a hold, get a foothold in our lives, and they, be they become a dominant force. And every time we walk through that scanner, that fear is there with us. It's not a, a random phobia. 
Some people are struggling with fear. 5% are struggling with deep anger and feelings of bitterness. We can be wounded in church, wounded by family members, wounded by our workmates. Bear in mind this is just imagination, okay? We're just kidding on here. I'm just reminding you. 15% were gossiping this week. And the problem is not that they were struggling with it. It's that they weren't struggling with it. They didn't even realize they were doing it. 30% are struggling with feelings of loneliness and isolation, both old and young, and it's leading to mental health issues. 25% have been struggling with thoughts uh, thoughts and feelings surrounding grief and loss. 20% are struggling with deep feelings of disappointment, some with themselves and some with other people. You ever felt disappointed with yourself? Yeah. (laughs) I know the feeling, by the way. I remember, what's his name again? The Care for the Family Guy. Rob Parsons, listening to Rob Parsons, and he says, we need to teach our kids to deal with three different types of disappointment. Disappointment in themselves, disappointment in others, and disappointment with God, because there are times in our lives we will be disappointed, and we need to learn how to deal with disappointment. Anyway, I hadn't planned to say that, but 5% are struggling with deep and challenging family issues. 20% are struggling with financial pressures. Maybe that's gone up slightly in the last week or two. 10% are struggling because they, they feel that life's overtaken them and that they've no value and that it's all about the young people. 75% have struggled with some form of temptation this week. A thought, a click, and there are children present, so there are things that I could mention, but I won't mention today. 25% are not even present to hear the message and will never benefit from the worship, the Word of God, the prayers, the message in tongues and its interpretation, the healing presence of God's people. And I'll tell you something, I've been in this church 31 years, I've really missed a Sunday. And I can say today that I don't think I could have done this journey on my own without my church family. And that connection that I get week by week by week by week with my church family and the people that come alongside and encourage and support and cheer you on, I I need to be here every week. I need to be here. And the point of the scanner at the airport is to show people what's underneath, show people what's hidden That's the point of the scanner. And imagine there was a scanner as we came into church and and we could see what was underneath the surface of everybody's life. And the truth is that God knows every heart right now. God knows. God knows what's been going on in our lives. And this is what Jesus says to us today. Knowing every heart. Come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens. And I will give you rest. Jesus says that to us. The people who've come through the scanner and he's detected these things in our lives. Today, he says to you, come to me, all who are weary. I don't know if you remember that old song. He, what was it? It was about sins and sorrows. He took my sins and my sorrows and he made them his very own. He bore the burden to Calvary and suffered and died alone. How marvelous, how wonderful, and my song shall ever be. You can tell 
how old I am, because I can quote it <laughs> without notes. <laughs> he bore on his own body our sins and our sorrows. Isaiah 53 tells us that he was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, acquainted with suffering. And he says to us today, come to me, all who are carrying stuff coming into the church, and lay it at my feet, lay it at the cross, and come to him, and he will give us, he will give us rest. What a great deal. What a fantastic deal. You bring your sin and your sorrows and your rubbish to Jesus, and he gives you rest. Amazing. If this was a financial deal, we all be, we'd, we'd be running and queuing up for it. <laughs> Come and give us your old rubbish, and we'll give you loads of money in return. That sounds like a good deal. And imagine, imagine those things that we've talked about today. Imagine we put them on the cross and we bring them to Jesus. I've asked Mary to give me a little hand today. We've not really practiced this, okay? It's not rehearsed. And Aurelia's going to come and give a wee hand as well. Hopefully your mum's briefed you. Yeah, she's nodding. Good. So Aurelia, won't you come and stand just in about here in front of the television, if that's okay? I know you guys don't mind being on the telly. And we put all that stuff on the cross, and we begin to walk around carrying all of this burden, all of our sins, all of our sorrows, and we carry it throughout our lives. Some people have been carrying stuff their whole lives. Something happens, and we carry it our whole lives. And what do we do? Sometimes what we do is we pass all of our stuff on to the next generation. Mary's going to ably illustrate that. We pass it on to the next generation, and you're going to carry it the same way as your mum was carrying it, if you could. We pass it all on. So that the next generation carries all of our stuff, all the stuff that we were carrying, all the sins and the sorrows, and we pass them on to the next generation, when really, when really what we should be doing, and this is what Jesus has done for us, is that he takes our sins and our sorrows, and he bore them on his cross. I'm going to be Jesus for a little second. <gasps> what an honor. Thank you. You guys can go sit down now. Thank you. And Jesus takes our sins and our sorrows, and he makes them his very own. You see, he took upon himself all the stuff that we just mentioned there, and much more beside. The list is endless. He took our stuff and bore it on the cross that we could be free. The Bible says that if Jesus has set you free, you're free indeed. We don't need to struggle with this stuff. Yes, I understand what life is like. There are times when I feel lonely. There are times when I feel fearful. There are times when I'm experiencing financial pressures. There are times when I'm disappointed. There are times when I gossip and I say things that I shouldn't, and I don't even realize I'm doing it. There are times when you can think as an older person that life is passing you by, and it's all about the young people these days. Can I just say that we want to have a multi-generational church where every generation is valued, regardless of your age, stage in life, whether you're rich or poor, it doesn't matter. We want to be a multi-generational church. I'm going to put this down. Just give me a second. 
He took our sins and our sorrows. And each of us, we need to come to that place where we're willing to surrender it to Jesus, when we're willing to come before him. We don't need to carry these burdens of sin. This is, this is what the Bible says, and I, I love this verse. We came across this verse during the week, and I thought, I'm going to use that on Sunday. I hadn't planned to. In the New Revised Standard Version, it says, for we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. Wonderful. The NIV 1984 says that we are his workmanship. The New Living Translation talks about being his masterpiece. The NIV UK, the more sort of recent translation, talks about handiwork. And in this verse it says, for we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he has prepared beforehand to be our way of life. The Greek word that is used here is the word poema, which is where we get our word poem. Have you ever thought of your life as a poem? Something that God is writing that is an expression of how he feels about you and he's making your life a poem. Something that you read and you go, wow, incredible words. The things that God is writing into our lives. And one of the translations, it says this, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus with a view to good works which God prepared beforehand in order that within their sphere we may order our behavior. Within the sphere of those good works which God has prepared before he even created the world, things for you to do that you can order your life, order your behavior, order the way that you think. Someone said during the week, thinking about handiwork, we are his handiwork. This person who I was speaking to, they says, my view of handiwork is bad DIY. <laughs> I don't know if you ever feel like that sometimes, bad DIY. If you're into DIY and you never use a spirit level or a tape measure, that's the kind of thing that we're talking about. Who, who, who all um, hangs up pictures in their squint? Yeah? Who's really, really sad and uses a spirit level to level off their pictures? Hands up. Hands up. Yeah, there's a few of us who use the spirit level to level off the pictures. We're not talking here about bad DIY. We're talking about us being God's masterpiece. You and I being God's masterpiece. If we're carrying about all this stuff, then the image is being marred. We're not what we're supposed to be. Were handmade, handmade by a craftsman. This is not an advert, by the way, what I'm going to do next. But last year we were, we were in Orkney and we took a visit to the Sheila Fleet uh, Gallery and I was absolutely blown away by this place. If this was my church, I would be really, really happy because it looks great on the outside. See on the inside, the standard of finish is exceptional. And I came away inspired by the spirit of excellence in the whole place. In fact, I was so inspired that I actually sent them an email and said, the next time we're up, we want to come and have a little tour around and chat to you guys. And that's what we're going to do. 
And so this is the Kirkit Gallery in Cafe. It's an old church which has been converted. The, the extension that you see there is the gallery. And the quality of finish is exceptional. Handmade. All the, all the ornaments are handmade. Even the teapot's posh. We were amazed. It's like, we, we need to get a teapot like that, eh, Mary? Mary, she would have umpteen teapots. But that, that, that's, the, that's the stuff that's round about the edges of why this exists to start with. And it's the jewelry that she creates. And it, it's the inspiration from the land and from the sea and from all that surrounds that influences the jewelry that she creates. And I love the ceramic work. That's the picture of some of the ceramic type of jewelry. It's, it, I found the whole thing just inspiring. It's excellent. It cost you a bob or two. But it's excellent. And I think that's what I was trying to get at today. We're not some bad DIY job, although we can feel like that sometimes. We're handmade. And Sheila Fleet is an amazing artist. Because she's a human being. We have been handmade by the creator of the universe. The person who put all the inspiration there to start with that inspires this jewelry. We are handmade. And I want to encourage us that God is doing a new thing. God is doing a new thing in you. And it's never too late to come and to cast your cares on him, to cast your burdens on him, to cast your worries on him. I got my words mixed up there. To cast your anxiety on him, to cast our sin on him. We confess our sin because God is always doing a new thing. If you look at the Bible and you start to read it through, you realize that God is always doing a new thing. God created something before he created the heavens and the earth. He created angels. We read in the Bible that they rebelled against God and that a third of them were thrown out of heaven along with Satan. And then God decided to do a new thing. He created the heavens and the earth. He created human beings. This is what Genesis 1.27 says. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Genesis 1.27. The problem is that we messed up. The people messed up. Messed up because of sin, and God started to do a new thing. We read the story of Noah, and I think, I, I can't get my head around that story sometimes, but God created a new thing. He did a new thing through Noah and his family, a fresh start. And then they eventually began to drift away from God. And then God did a new thing again. A man called Abraham called to go to a new land for a fresh start with his new family, a family that would eventually lead to Jesus. We read about that family as they went down into Egypt through Joseph, that things all went pear-shaped for them again. And God raised up a man called Moses so that they could have a fresh start, so that they could come out of a place of oppression. And there was an exodus, a new thing, a fresh start. And then Moses, when he was wandering through the desert with these guys, there was a fresh thing again. God gave them new laws, gave them a new tabernacle, a new way to live, a new way to worship. And what happened? They messed it up again. They messed it up, and they messed it up, and they messed it up because of all this type of stuff that we begin to carry around. Solomon eventually built a new thing, a new temple, a place to worship God. But the people messed up again, and they went into exile. And then there was a second temple constructed through a man called Ezra and all his work, a fresh start, a new beginning. 
a new beginning after exile. What did they do? They messed it up again. Do you get the picture here? God does a new thing, a great, massive new thing, and then all of a sudden it's messed up, and then he brings them back up again, and then all of a sudden it's messed up, and we keep going through this cycle until somebody came whose name was Jesus, the Son of God who came to take away the sins of the world. And it tells us about Jesus that he was the very expression of the Father when we looked at Jesus, and when we still look at Jesus, we see God, we see his character, full of truth, full of grace. And this is what Romans 8.3 says, the law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. Incredible. A new start, a new beginning. God's doing a new thing. And all of these things which we carry about, the things which we come into church with, we come through the scanner and we've got all this baggage. He comes to take that off of us so that we can have a fresh start. And then God does another new thing. Listen to this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says there this, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, somebody who's given their life to Christ, who's invited the Holy Spirit to come in, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. You are God's masterpiece. You are handmade by an expert craftsman. You are custom built. You're one of a kind. And I don't know about you, I think about myself, I'm glad I'm one of a kind. Handmade, custom built, designed with a purpose. You are God's creative work. <coughs> and he says to you, come and cast all your cares on him. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Peter's reflecting words that we read in Psalm 55. And when it talks about that, it talks about our thoughts being pulled in lots of different directions. When it talks about our anxiety, it's talking about being pulled in lots of different directions. Do you ever feel like that? Within yourself, it's like you don't know whether you're coming or going. Your thoughts are being pulled in all sorts of different directions. Sometimes it's the sorrows that we deal with and the struggles that we have and our disappointments in ourselves and our disappointments with others. Sometimes it's the sin that so easily entangles us and we get tripped up and we fall when we're tempted. But God says, I want you to come. I want you to come and cast all that on me. For me... I've been a Christian since I was six years old. And I know what it's like as a Christian because I believe I became a Christian when I was six years old. I invited Jesus into my heart, kneeling at the side of my bed. Total trust, total faith that God was then in that point part of my life, the Holy Spirit came in. And as a Christian, I struggled with carrying some of this stuff. I've had to work through a whole bunch of stuff. Believe me, and I'm pretty sure you don't find it hard to believe because 
you've had to work through a whole bunch of stuff as well. As you come before God and you say, I've messed up again, forgive me. But he invites us to come and to cast our cares upon him. Do you know, there's a little book which resides in my bookshelf in the house. There's this one here, it's called Pictorial Pilgrim's Progress. My dad read this book to us umpteen times. And I remember the pictures in it. I remember the story, but I remember the pictures in it. I have vivid memories. I've got a pictorial mind. I remember pictures for centuries. Okay, I'm not centuries old, so I can't really say that. But I really remember pictures. And I want to flash up some pictures from this book on the screen. And this is the first one. And it's the picture of Pilgrim. His name's Christian. And he's walking along the way of salvation. He's come in through the gate. He's been rescued from the enemy who's tried to shoot an arrow at him as he came in the gate. But he was rescued in the gate. And he's on the way of salvation. And there are people who are Christians who are on the way of salvation, and you're still carrying your burden of sin. You're still carrying that weight, and you're trying to find a way to get rid of the burden. That's the the whole story at this stage for Pilgrim, is that he's trying to find a way to get rid of the burden. And all sorts of people are trying to suggest all sorts of solutions. And this is the the, probably the most salient memory I have of this book and the most salient picture is when he comes to the cross. And as he comes to the cross, his burden of sin falls off. The burden of sin falls off and rolls into a big pit. It's gone. He is free. And maybe for some people today, maybe for some people you need to come to the cross. You've been on the way, getting towards what does it mean to be saved? What does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean to be free from all this stuff? You've been on the journey, but you've not yet come to the cross. And I think God says to some people today, you need to come to the cross. Because when you come to the cross, that's when the burden falls away. I'm going to explain just a little bit that in a second. And the next picture after that is Christian without his burden, but he's still got all his old clothes on. The Bible says that all our righteousness, all the good things and right things that we could do in our own strength is just like filthy rags. That's what the Bible says. Just like filthy rags. But there are angels around Christian at this point in time, and they take off all his old clothes and they put new clothes on him. That reminds me of a song. I got my new clothes on. Is it my shoes on? See, I can't remember words to songs. You know what I'm talking about. And here he is dressed in his fine clothes. The Bible tells us that we put on the garment of salvation. We have become a Christian, a new creation. We put something on that's not from ourselves. It's something that God gives us. The Bible tells us that we're dressed in robes of His righteousness. It's not about the good things that we could do. We can't earn our salvation. We can't work hard for it. It's a gift of God's grace. Read Ephesians 2, that passage that we quoted earlier about being His workmanship. Before that, it talks about we can't earn this. It's a gift of God's grace. And here he is, a picture of somebody who's 
rid of his burden, who's put on these garments of salvation, who's dressed in a robe of righteousness, and he's walking on the way. Is that the end of the story? If you've read Pilgrim's Progress, you'll know that it's not the end of the story. There's a lot of challenges still to come, and I can testify to this, coming to that place where I I think, kind of, as a teenager, where I began to realize what it meant to put on robes of righteousness, to not be struggling and striving and, and struggling with temptation and and to put on what Jesus could do in my life. He came to bear our sins and our sorrows, to make them his very own. And I think Jesus wants us to pick up a different kind of cross. It's not a cross that's burdens, not a cross that's sins. Jesus has dealt with that. I've said this before in the life of the church. We don't stop at the cross. That cross, the place where our burdens fall off, the place where we meet Jesus and he does a work in our lives, we need to move beyond that. We can't keep coming back to the cross with our sin. I've sinned again. I've sinned again. I've sinned again. I've sinned again. Let me read this verse from Romans. God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving us his son as a sacrifice for our sins. Sin has no control over you. That was a revelation to me. And I was well into a good number of decades before I realized sin has no control. We don't need to fall to temptation. Some of the stuff that we talked about and some of the stuff that we didn't talk about, we don't need to fall to temptation. We can find freedom in Christ and we can live like this guy here, freely and lightly. If you read the amplified version of the that, that verse we quoted earlier, it talks about living freely and lightly. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who are wearied. I, I wonder today, I wonder today, if there had been a scanner as you came into church, what would it have revealed in your life? Because God sees, God sees our heart. What would it have revealed in our lives? But the bigger question is when we go back out through the scanner, what are we taking out? What's going back out with us? Because Jesus is saying, come, come to me. I wonder if the musicians could come back up. We're going to do a song just at the end. Do you know, I I think some people avoid church because they want to avoid the scanner. They want to avoid accountability. But the irony is, and this is the great irony, that when we uncover our stuff, whether it's our sin or our sorrows, when we uncover that, and the Bible says that that's confession, when we choose with God's help to turn our lives around so that as we're walking back out through the scanner, the things that we came in with are now no longer part of our lives. As we turn ourselves around, the Bible talks about that as repentance. This is what Psalm 32 says. It says that God covers our sin. God covers it. It's forgiven. It's covered over We don't need to be scared of being found out anymore because God has covered over our sin. When we confess, 
when we repent and we turn around and we change our direction in life. That, that God covers our sin. Blessed is he whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sins are forgiven. We are forgiven. And whose sin the Lord does not count against them. I love that. I remember when I was in probably my 30s listening to somebody preach on this psalm and to realize that my sin is covered, that I'm forgiven, and that everything that I owed God has been settled on that cross. It's been settled, it's been paid for. The debts are written off. And I've spoken to many people who don't want to come to church because they don't feel worthy. People who are not Christians, some who are, they don't feel good enough. Maybe some people who are upset or have fallen out with somebody. But these are the very times where we need to be in the presence of God because Jesus comes to give us a fresh start. Church, let me say this, church should be a grace space where broken people can find healing, where lost people can be found because that's where we were at one point in time. We were the broken people. We were the sinners. We were the people who were lost. And people don't come in and God waves a magic wand and all of a sudden they become the finished article. None of us are the finished article yet. Church should be a grace space. And we sung that song last week and we're going to sing it just as a response today. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Do you know the altar isn't the front of the church? It could be, but it's not really. It's the position of our hearts as we come before an almighty God, a creator God who wants to make you his handcrafted masterpiece. Will you surrender your life to him today? Maybe there are people in here today who are not Christians. You've never made a decision to follow Jesus. I'm going to pray a prayer just before we sing this song at the end as a response. Maybe you've never done that. Maybe you've never prayed a prayer, invited Jesus into your life to come and take all the stuff and the baggage and the worries and the fears and the things that we struggle with and the temptations, things from our past, things that people have handed on to us, baggage, their stuff, their junk that they've passed down onto us and we feel angry about it. And really we come to a point where we realize that we've just become the thing that we're angry about. And Jesus comes and he says, I want you to just lay it at my feet today. Come and confess. Come and just receive grace. Receive that ability to turn around so that when you go back out the door today, you go out lighter. You go out with all that, without all that baggage that you came in with. That's God's desire for us as we come into his presence. Do you know, as we, as we pray this prayer, if you've never prayed this prayer, just you repeat it into yourself after I pray and just make that your prayer today and then we're going to sing as a response we're going to sing that song as a response today Father we, we just ask that you would lead us as we come to just finish off this point 
in our service today. And if you've never prayed this prayer, pray this prayer after me. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that Jesus came to take my sin, to take my sorrows, to take my stuff and to bear that on the cross, to take my burdens, my sin on that cross, that I could live free, that I could live healed, that I could live whole. And I confess these things to you today. My life's rubbish. Some stuff has been passed on by other people. And I didn't want that. But I pray that you take it from me. That I enter into healing. That I know what it is to be free. Holy Spirit, come into my life. Work in me. Work these things in me. So that I might follow you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's just stand to sing. We're going to sing that song. We'll come to the altar. And maybe today you want to raise a hand. You may want to raise both hands. You may want to kneel. Even you may want to sit with your hands outstretched. Do something. Just just do something physical today to respond to what God is singing as we saying as we sing this song.
we just thank you for all that you mean to us, for all that you're doing. And Lord, we just pray over this congregation, over everyone who's joined online, in person, visitors, whoever is listening to this message, whether it's live or afterwards. Father, we just pray that you come and that you touch our hearts. Father, that as we go out from this time together, Lord, that we go out freer, lighter, having brought things to you, laid them at your feet. And Lord, we just pray that you lead us on into the things which you have for us. Father, I just pray once more into that picture that we had there about the dam. And Lord, we pray that you'd open up that gate. And Father, that your presence would just come and that you would touch families. Lord, that we would see, begin to see the breakthroughs that we need, things that we've been praying for for decades, some of us. Lord, we pray that we would see those breakthroughs. Spirit, come and move in our hearts, in our families, in our church, in the churches that surround us, in our communities. And Father, we pray that you'd be glorified in all that we do, in all that we think and all that we say. Father, we just ask for salvations. Father, we pray that you would save people that we've been praying for. Some of us for many, many years, some for decades. Father, some of us many decades. And Lord, we just pray for salvation, household salvation. And Father, we pray that you'd move by your spirit. Father, that you'd accomplish and do the things that only you can do. Father, may we go out today knowing that we are yours, knowing that we are forgiven, knowing that we're whole, knowing that we're complete, complete in Jesus. And Father, we thank you for the freedom that we have in Christ. May we walk in that freedom this week. May we walk with our heads held high. Father, do not let the enemy accuse us of a thing the accuser of the brethren, aptly named. Father, we pray that we would cast off his accusations and not listen to those negative things. But Father, realize who you're saying that we are. You are, we are your handmade masterpiece, continually being created anew. Father, may we step into that this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The Lord bless you and have a fantastic week.